Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Welcome, everybody, to Teach Me Pokemon, the podcast. I'm your host, Corey, and along with my co-host, Jared, we're best friends, been playing Pokemon for a very long time. Welcome to the Teach Me Pokemon podcast. Before we dive into this week's episode, we want to give a shout out to our new sponsor. Jared, we have a sponsor on this thing. Did you know? Did I tell you Feels yet? great. You, you have told me. I'm very excited about this. It's pretty awesome. Stray Collections, Collections with a Z. It's a YouTube channel. Okay. This guy opens up uh, packs, boxes, ETBs, all the things, and, and, and it's just awesome. Japanese packs, English set. Um, it's a great channel. The, the it named, you know where the name comes from? You probably have no idea. I don't. Stray. So in the video game, I guess Charmander is like a stray Pokemon. I, he he was telling me this, the the owner of the channel here. So he loved Charmander. Charmander's like his card. So that's where he came up with the name of the channel. Uh he he dives in a little bit to the TCG. I, I know we're here to teach people how to play Pokemon. But this is a fun channel. You can watch it with your family, your kiddos, learn a little bit about value of cards, and it's just entertaining. Uh, do you think it's something you'd watch with your son, Jared? Oh, absolutely, because, I mean, I'm 35 years old, and still one of my favorite parts of the experience is opening a pack, Ugh. right? Like, yeah. you, you you, and I, for years, sat around, and we would turn all of our cor- cards over, <laughs> and, and, and we or we would hold them in our hand, yep. and you, you would do things a little different. But opening a pack is so exciting because... It's the opportunity to find something and to get value out of something yep. that feels random. Yeah. And then and then you, you hit the big card. My my favorite moment, I'll tell you, is when we were at one of our releases and I hit the the dark rye level X. Yep. The card that everybody wanted from the set. I pulled it. Everybody comes running over to oh. you at the pre-release. It's just there's just a level of excitement that 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 comes with opening a pack and even watching somebody else doing it on packs that we don't have access to or can't afford yeah. to have access to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's fun to join in their excitement. Yeah. Remember when we were at uh, um, Gen Con and your brother pulled the the Charizard? The new Charizard oh. EX, yeah. Yeah, it was the, like a the freaking... Se- the secret rare, yeah. The secret rare. I mean, it was a party going on. People were freaking out. So that was awesome. So yeah, uh, Stray Collections, check them out. Drops videos just like once a week, you know, but they're entertaining. Check them out. They they friend of the podcast. We want to see their channel grow, and we appreciate them being our sponsor. Welcome everybody 
to teach me Pokemon, the show where we learn and teach about Pokemon, the trading card game. Corey, my co-host is with me. And Corey, there's a rift that has opened up, a paradox rift, (laughs) if you will. And we have a host of new goodies to talk about. I know that you and Logan talked about the meta a little bit on the last episode, the episode before that. We are talking about what might be good in this new meta. But now push is coming to shove. This upcoming weekend, we have our first big regional Latin America where we're going to see these cards being played. And I want to talk about that with you today. Uh, We don't have a guest on today. We'll have some guests coming up in the in the, the following weeks. But the lesson of today is how do you pick a deck going into a big tournament? So we're going to be analyzing what we think might be there best based on our meta guesses and just having some very base level logical conversations about how to best take a deck. So first I want to I want to throw it to you you Corey you have been watching what's going on in online tournaments obviously we're having this discussion what, two weeks after we see the set pop up what are you seeing what are you feeling about the set and how does it affecting your view of the meta? Yeah, uh, I, I think it's it's had a lot of a, a paradox has had a huge effect on the meta, which which is what we had predicted and saw, and everybody's been saying that, so that's not groundbreaking to hear. But you know, Roaring Moon, I, I think Pokemon put it on the front page of the live lo- load in because they wanted you to know, yeah, this is the this is going to be one of the decks, and it and it has been, and and there's kind of two versions, right? There's that speed version with water energy and Greninja and all the items. And you're just really pressing hard to set up and get that first kill, go second, right? This, this, the new world we live in. Everybody wants to go second. So there's that. And then there's just kind of that slower roaring moon build, uh, that maybe is not as many item card, heavy energy switches as much, but still obviously is very powerful. And then you have your lost box version that every new, new card has to have a lost box version or it's not very good. Uh, so yeah, I think that's been the biggest effect. I, I w- or you know, from the new set, I, that's kind of what I'm seeing. You're seeing a lot of that. Shin Pao, seeing a lot of those two, and then Charizard. Those are kind of your three. Um, you know, obviously there's variants off of that stuff, but um, you know, your steady Gardevoirs, and I haven't seen as much Lugia. I, I don't know if that. It, we know it didn't get as much of a um, upgrade from Paradox as maybe some of these other decks did. Uh, not seeing it that as much. So I don't know what your thoughts are with Lugia, if you think that's just kind of a hidden little thing or if it really is taking a backseat. From what I'm seeing online, I'm not seeing a lot of Lugia online, but what we've seen historically in big tournaments is Lugia, regardless of of the meta, the last couple of years shows up because its ability is just that good. Um, I, I what I'm seeing is I'm seeing a couple of decks. I've been looking through the different online tournaments that have been occurring, some of these smaller internationals where I'm not sure, but here's here's the big things that I've seen coming from the new set. I am seeing Goldengo front up there in in some of these what we would call top tables. I'm seeing some variants of that. I am seeing some Iron Valiant variants, um, some of it with uh, Urshifu, some of it a speed Inte version is what I'm seeing um, where they are purely using the iron valiance ability to just add damage 
and then they're not they're using the magma basin stadium to keep energy mm-hmm. consistent yeah um and and that's and that's working out really well um and then i'm also seeing some old spice emerge um and and be strong with these bigger health but i do agree roaring moon i'm seeing that up the top there but in some of the tournaments that i've seen i'm seeing charizard still be strong um i'm seeing gardevoir with the addition of some of these new cards be strong and then here's here's my biggest takeaway so far giratina's comeback mm. that that is what i am seeing when i'm looking through the top decks right now yep. is lost box giratina performing very very strongly yeah no, I'm with you, man. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of perusing through some of these online tournaments. There's been quite a few going on this week. Uh, you know, as you kind of prep for um, LAIC, and there's one had a hundred players in it. Uh, won by uh, Magumaster. Shout out to Magumaster. Good job, seven zero on Giratina. So, I think you're, I think you're spot on. I think it does. It is playing well into the current meta and then you have cards that have helped it obviously. So I think, um, you know, the, the ability to play path of the peak is so strong. So decks that like always had that as part of their, as part of their, as part of their build, I can't talk. Uh, I, I think it's just made those decks have shot up, right? Cause you, yep. I mean, specifically looking at this guy's build or, um, yeah, the, the really only thing in here that's new is the counter catchers, you know, but, four path of the peak or three path of the peak, you know, it's just, it can shut down all of those decks that are trying to move and do the things they want to do. So, uh, yeah, I think Giratina will be strong. I, you, you had mentioned kind of, what do you look at as far as what you're going into a tournament? Right. And I, I think it's twofold, right? If you are a player that has played a lot, you can pilot a lot of different decks, right? So you're kind of hunting for, okay, matchups, what do I think is going to be popular at this tournament? So am I trying to counter or do I want to run a deck that I don't have as many bad matchups? Or is there one deck that is just far and above the better one? And if you can add in your own couple cards to make it different than other people's versions of it that that will help you in mirror matches, then you do that. But then there's the other side of the coin that that's like the new player that maybe goes to league or league, you know, maybe a league challenge or one league cup and now they're going to regionals. Play what you're comfortable with. Like, don't overthink the matchups. Don't overthink, you know, oh, I need to be on a meta deck, man. If you're on one, great, because if that's when you've been playing, just be comfortable with your deck. And at, at yes. most times, if you just go into it with, it, it, you know, it has to have a solid build to it. You can't just throw any card you want into it. But if you know it in and out and you've played against different matchups, you will do well. Like, will you take the tournament down? Maybe not. But then also, Jared, what did we see earlier this year? What was that at um was it Sacramento where we two guys in the finals first tournament uh, never, yeah. first ever tournament, yeah I bet if we had talked to them I bet you they had been on those decks for a while and just felt yes. really comfortable I don't think there was like 20 decks in front of them they just grabbed one and then ran into that regionals I think they felt comfortable with it I I think that's great advice and if you've listened to our show for any length of time and you hear these pros come on it it sounds kind of cheesy for them to say Oh, play what you're comfortable with, because it sounds like coming from them, like let the pros dabble in changing decks, but they're, they're running what they are comfortable with. Yes. Um, and, and, and I think that is the foundation. Pick something 
that you are comfortable with that is based on what you see in meta A tier, S tier. We're not saying like pick a super rogue deck and even though you're super comfortable with it, if it if it loses 70% of the times to the decks that we know that are the best, we're not saying run that. We're saying pick a Maridon, pick a Gardevoir, pick, pick one of these decks that has a chance, that has a chance to go in there and perform and run that. And then this goes to the point that I want to make. So let's say right now there's eight to 10 decks that have an opportunity to win it. What I would say is don't tech yourself out of the tournament. What I mean by that is twofold. Don't pick something that's super rogue because you're so worried about Charizard, because you're so worried about Roaring Moon. You may run into that deck two to three times in the tournament. You have to worry about the rest of the field. So don't do that. The other part of it that I feel like we're learning from some of the best players is they're playing with 55 to 57 card decks. And then the switch based on the meta is those last three cards, right? That can make the difference in the mirror match that can make the difference against this one deck. So that's what we want to preach consistency here. If you're a big Gardevoir player, I'm looking at some of the online tournaments right now. Gardevoir's performing great. It got some help in this recent set. Run Gardevoir. Don't freak out about that. Because the truth is you have to control what you can control. And then the matchups may just not line up that day. And that doesn't mean you're a bad player. Things just didn't break right for you that day. Yeah. If if you, like, you know, the, the term in, uh, you know, in sports is always unforced errors, right? You, you know, go into your matches making as many is the least amount of unforced errors as you can. And nine times out of 10, you you will be in that game. You, you may not, maybe you don't win, but like, you know, at the end, you're like, I did everything I could do. And, and, and that is no, that's growth. You can build off of that. If you're, if you're making tons of mistakes, that just feels different because you just feel bad. And there's like, okay, I could have done that right. Done that wrong. And maybe I didn't run that deck or did this right. But like, if, if you're just going in knowing these are the, the steps and there's thousands of decisions that are going through your mind in a three game match or, or 50, 55 minute uh, time, you know, round. Uh, but just try not to make mistakes. And then and let's see where the, see where all the, the chips lie, where the cards lie, where the, where the dice roll, whatever the term would be in Pokemon. But yeah, I yes. think just don't overthink that stuff. You, you'll hear pros. I mean, they will have hour long arguments about, do I drop a research to add an escape rope? And why not? Like, Oh my gosh, you you may have that conversation with somebody that's new and be like, "What are you talking about? Like, just put the put the research in there." But it, it is it's just like odds. When will I need this situationally? Do I is it prized? All of these things that go into it. So there's obviously a wide range that you can um, you know have analysis of this game and go. But if you're new, just find that thing you're comfortable with. I, I always used to say, if if you can if you can fill out your deck list or now it's like type it. Um, on your phones, how old we are from memory, you're good. You you've practiced enough, you know, your deck, but if you have to like, look at your deck and be like, Oh, I have three, uh, and I have three ends. Um, I, I, I own no, and I have, you know, 11 energy. Cause I'm looking, you're counting. You, you didn't practice enough, but yes. if you can do it from memory, that, that is step one. Absolutely. Maybe step five, but it, it's in the steps. Hundred percent, hundred percent. The other, the other things that I want to focus on is, let's say, let's say you're a listener out there, you're a league player, 
leagues are and the results that come out of these they are helpful to understanding the meta but they shouldn't determine your choice for the meta in my opinion so i'll give an example i got to go to my first league in a long time this past week got to go with my son uh top i went two and one there was about 30 people there so i finished top eight yes um in in the things we we actually had we had the winner of that league on the last episode just like there you go there you go (laughs) but but if you look if you look at what was in the top eight at at our league here in tennessee uh top two decks were roaring moon and charizard and then below that you had uh uh ting lu you had some golden Mm. go you had some maridon you had the charizard that i was piloting and I don't think looking at what we're looking at online, what we're looking at from past regionals, I don't think that's indicative <laughs> of the meta at large, right? No, but no. it's tempting. So the, we want you to fuse these two worlds together. I don't change what you're running. If it's one of those better decks off the meta, but also don't look at your small mini universe, of what's going on at league and let that make the decision for those last three or four slots of what might go in your deck. Yeah. Look at what's happening online. Look at what's happening in past regionals, cities, whatever events are going on, and then collectively yes. allow that to help you make a decision about what's going on. I, I think that's good sound advice. Oh, it's awesome sound advice. I mean, I, I, I'll give you an example here in Waco, kind of when, when our, when our league or our, uh, player base was a lot more robust and you had good turnout every week to league. There was one guy, Justin, I'm shouting you out, always ran Pika Rom. Always. He was the Pika Rom guy. It's like, and Justin had all the cards. He could have played any other deck, but he was like Pika Rom. And you knew going in, not even just a league, but like a league challenge or a league cup, you're like, you thought twice about a deck weak to lightning because you're like, oh. Justin will be on that deck and maybe <laughs> I shouldn't run Lugia or I shouldn't run a water deck. And then what happens is you're now you're not playing that at league and then you're going to regionals and that's in your mind. You're like, well, I can't run anything weak to lightning because Justin's going to this regionals and he'll be one of 1200 players. And it's like, you're not going to hit him. You know, you're not going to match up against him, but that gets in your head. So Jeff, to, to quote a coach, Jared, that we love dearly from Remember, Remember the Titans, forget about him. Like, throw it away. Don't don't worry about that. Forget it. Work on the deck that you want to play and feel comfortable with. There There's a lot of value in in practicing and testing at league. I, for, for majority of players, that is where they're going to get their experience. But don't, yeah, don't, don't get swayed. Because there's always that person that is like, I'm the lightning guy or I'm the psychic player. And it's like, yeah, that is a deck and that's fine. But don't let that dictate what you're playing at a bigger tournament. Absolutely. This this next thing will be controversial, and I want to be very careful on how I say it oh, because we have a lot of pro players on our podcast. We have a lot of up and coming players on our podcast. Yeah. But if we're talking, if we're talking to everybody out there, if our listeners is made up of high tier players, people going to their first regionals, been doing the regional scene for a last time, I think it's important that you emulate the mindset of the best players, but you don't try to copy their 60. Oh, okay. What do you mean? The reason, the reason for that being is you have to treat your development as a player differently than where their development is at. I know everyone loves to copy towards 60 
I, I think you have to let yourself get to a point where you have the understanding of why they're running that escape rope instead of that last professor's research in order to be able to pilot the deck. They are able to pilot the deck at such a high level and make those little tinkers and changes for reasons that I don't know that a majority of us aren't. And I'll use myself as an example. In my development as a player, I think I need to run a deck that I understand that I'm comfortable with zero to 60 cards. Okay. Then when I have a firm understanding of the core mechanics, the, the ideology behind that deck, then it's time to tinker mm. when I get to it. So I think a lot of people can get really frustrated and down on themselves when they say, I ran towards 60. I ran uh, JW60. I ran whoever these these top winning papers are, and I didn't perform well. It's the deck's fault. It's not the deck's fault. There, there are things going on in that deck that I think the average player may not understand. Forget the fact of the breaks that that player got running that deck. But I think I think you have to allow yourself a curve of understanding. And if if you can master the 60 that you have around that good deck than you have and 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 you're day twoing, then it's time to start talking about tweaks. But let's let's focus. Have a tournament where you don't make a mental error. Have a tournament where you make day two, and then we'll talk about winning the tournament. Yeah. No, you're completely right. And that's what that's what's so great about this game, too, is yeah, you can take a deck and maybe you've played what you think is a lot of games on that 60, you know, you, you take towards 60 and you're like, I put in 50 games on this thing. Well, th that man may have played 2000 games on that deck, like, and, and hundreds of matches against every single meta, uh, other deck and then scenarios in certain situations. And we talked about that with Raul on the podcast of like just playing situational matchups and which is really cool. Or like, Hey, this is what the board state looks like. What do you do? So yeah, don't don't get frustrated. Uh, obviously, by by those things, uh, I think it's I, I like someone to tell me what to run. It's like here's a deck that works, and it's like okay, give me a little bit to like play with it, and then I'll go into it. Because sometimes I'll overthink it when I'm like putting a deck together, and and I'd rather take the one that I know has been practiced on for hours and hours and hours, and then let me let me pilot it and see how we do. Because at the end of the day, it does. It's it's matchups. If you're on mute. Right in in Mu One Worlds, can it be? Can you run that right now, Jared? No, yo, I'm gonna answer your question for you. There's no way you 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 Mu is a strong deck, clearly, but when you know half, probably half of your nine rounds or more will be Charizard or Roaring Moon, you could steal you could steal one of those matches. You totally can. But man, if you had to fight, if you had to go up against five or six of them. There's no way you're finishing above three and three there. If you if yeah. you six matches that if you if you went three and three against six matches of Roaring Moon or Charizard, man, I'd hats off to you. That's amazing. But that's not winning you a tournament. So that's not going to get run. So just just yep. be mindful of that stuff. And I I think you're spot on. Look at the sixty cards that some of these guys are are playing with, and that's great. But yeah, don't always hold yourself up to that same level of expectation. So here's what's here's what's um, super interesting right now, um, because we do have this advent now that we didn't always have where you can look at what's happening in online tournaments, what's winning, what's holding a lot of the share. I don't know if you've looked at this, but I'm looking at um, recent online PTCGO live tournaments 
what has the share and what has the highest winning percentage thus far. And here's what's super interesting and everyone has to keep in mind too. The highest winning percentage of a deck that is has is in the top 10% of the share right now, right? So of the share, the highest winning percentage is 54%. Jeez. That is that is that is the range of winning and losing on yeah. some of these decks. But I'm interested to see if you can tell me uh, I love because you know I love these games. We have a little bit of time here. <laughs> Can you name? We'll go top five instead of time. What? In, and now this is in terms of. I'm sorry. We'll go top three percentage. Like that. These are the most played decks, and then we'll go top three winning percentages of like the top fifteen decks. What's the time frame from when to when? Like when Paradox uh, came out? Yeah, from since Paradox has come out. Okay. So what are the top three most played decks in online tournaments right now? Roaring Moon. Roaring Moon's number one. Charizard. Charizard's number four. What? Charizard do, is number do four. Do I get a miss? Do I get a miss? I'll give you, I'll give you a miss. Um, Shin Pao. Dang it. Yep. Oh, 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 okay. You hesitate. It's number, it's number two. Oh, number that's two. two? Okay. So Roaring Moon is one. Shin Pao is two. Is it Sheehan Pow? Sheehan. Sheehan Pow. Sheehan Pow, yeah. Charizard's four. Uh, I mean, it's not Lugia. I don't think it's Gardevoir. I don't think it's. I'll say Giratina three. Giratina's five. No. Okay, wait. Gardevoir. Gardevoir. Gardevoir? Really? Gardevoir is number three. So if you look at the counts, and it, it, it's incredibly skewed. Roaring Moon is almost double the most played deck over Chi and Pao. Seven hundred and eight yeah. decks yeah. versus three hundred and eighty-seven decks. Yeah. Um, and then and then it's very close after that. So those are the most played. Roaring Moon has a win percentage under five hundred wow. right now, and it could still win the next do, tournament. Do you think that really quick? Do you think that's because everyone just like is trying to get used to it and they're just yes, playing it? Hundred percent. Like okay. this is the this is the new spice right now. People are trying to find a way to play it, and the pilot matters 100%. But when you get 708 people playing it, you have good people playing it, you have bad people playing it, but it's still interesting. Now I want to talk about, I'm, I'm looking at the top 15 decks. Give me the ones that have the highest winning percentage. Of the 15 decks that are listed on this list? On the 15 decks that have the okay. most play right now, what is what the decks... What decks have the highest winning percentage? And I'll let you go top five here because it's very, it's like per, point ten percentages matter in playing this out. Well, before I started playing a lot of uh, Snorlax stall, which I do love with my whole heart, uh, I used to always lose to Sheehan Pow because they got so lucky. So give me Sheehan Pow as a top five deck. Win percentage. Chi and Pao of the top 15 decks has the lowest win percentage. Are you serious? Then I am the 40... only... <laughs> how how do they not... I'm the only one where they have Crosswitch or Potion every freaking turn. How is that possible? 43, 43.51%. <laughs> it, is, it is the lowest. It's barely, barely right above that. We have 
Klofsky Electrode, <laughs> which is in the top 15 decks played in these online tournaments, uh, and it has a better record I'm, I'm, than Chi and Pao. <laughs> I'm running Klef Klefki or Klofsky? Kloth. I'm sorry, Kloth Electrode. Kloth Electrode? What's Kloth? Yes. What's the, the, the big, the, the, the fighting crab. Oh, Klofsky. Oh, that you put. I, should, I, I said it in Christ. No, no, Kloth. no Kloth you're right. The, the one that yeah. you poison it or, or set it on fire with burn and it hits. Just does a lot of damage, man. Yeah, Just Kloth. does a lot of damage. I like that Kloth guy. Um, all right, Giratina. Giratina Lost Box. Giratina Lost Box is in the top 53.8%, but it is not the Ooh. best one. Okay, okay. Uh, uh, Charizard. Charizard. Lost Box is the highest. Charizard Lost Box. Lost Box Charizard right now. Sample size of not you know not the best, but fifty fifty seven percent win percentage. Wow. Yes. Um, and then we've got uh, we'll Golden go, oh, Golden oh, Glue. Golden Glue. <laughs> that's my rogue. Golden Go. No. Golden he's Go. Below, he's Golden. he's below fifty percent right now. Yeah. Screw that guy. Uh, look looking for two 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 more and then we'll, guard, we'll shut off. Gardevoir. Gardevoir. Gardevoir is barely above fifty percent. Oh. No. Uh, Lugia. Lugia is above fifty percent, but not in the top three. Uh, Iron Valiant. Iron Valiant Inte. Yep. Is Iron up Valiant there fifty fifty four percent. And then there's there's uh there's something that's near and dear to our heart right now, that is winning quite a bit. Snorlax? No. 50, 54%. It is. You are seeing it top. I haven't seen it win. I haven't seen it at the top of these online tournaments, but it is up there and it is doing very well right now. Oh, no. Really? Oh, do, yes. Do you think people, do you think, you think it's going to be run? Are we going to talk about that next? Do you think, you're going to, you're going to see it. I, I'm, I'm, the statistics show that it owns 4% of the deck share right now, but, um, here, here's the truth about Snorlax. Y you have to be a maniacal madman <laughs> to enjoy taking a match to the full length and just doing that to another human being. And I think most players enjoy the back and forth of attacking uh -huh. versus versus just like being really mean to other people. Being really uh, mean. It's a creative, mean. fun way to win, but but like. You you and I were talking about this earlier this week. We're trying to find a good deck for my son to run at yeah. league and event and eventually regionals. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, this is this is a more complex deck that is not fun fun for a junior to run. But okay, well I would agree with that statement. But you were alluding to that this gets cheap wins because people quit. Right? Is that what you were trying to say? In in uh, online scenarios, but, I don't think that happens as much in in person. But these statistics you're pulling, this these aren't just queued up ranked no. games. These are tournaments, online these tournaments. tournaments. So do you think people yep. are quitting in tournaments? Like they're like, oh screw this, I'm not playing against that deck. Uh, maybe, maybe right. Like depending on the format of the tournament, if it's best of one, you might as well hang in there. In a best of three, yes, I think there's a good argument for a strategic forfeit to see what happens in the next mm, game. Okay. All right. I see that. Yeah. Well, but here's where I want to go. Cause we only have a few minutes left. I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to ask me this. We have not seen the tournament, the new set in a big tournament yet. If you were going to the big Latin American regional, what would you run and why? And I'll answer the same question. Oh, geez. What would I run and why? 
Yes. I, oh man, I would. What is your meta read right now? My meta read is that Snorlax would play really well into this tournament. Okay. But, but I, I, I don't know. I probably would pull the trigger and do Snorlax. <laughs> but I think if I if I if 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 you, if you put a gun to my head and said you you got to go into this, you have you know a week to just hammer this deck out. At the end of the day, Gardevoir cleans up the most problems in in your matches, and it just you go into it fifty percent or favored in most of them, if not all of them. I I thought Iron Hands was going to be a, a card that really hurt Gardevoir because you can pretty much get knockouts and take two prizes. So the val- the what makes Gardevoir so potent, right, is that it's just one prize attackers for the most part. But now that's become now, now that becomes two prize attackers. Hasn't been a lot of iron hands. So I don't know if that's just been held close to the cuff for a lot of players and then that's going to show up at LAIC. But I'd probably run Gardevoir because, like we talked about, you go into your matches feeling like, I'm not at a disadvantage. And if I can just play well and limit the mistakes, which there's a lot of decision-making and drawing that goes into Gardevoir and thinking, you know, when when do I lay down another EX or do I do this this turn or do I lay down two Gardevoir, you know, stage um, one prizes or do I leave a Curlia open to pivot in case they cross-switch or the Gardevoir EX and I can let, you know, all these things kind of do go through your mind when do you Crystalia. But I do think that still with the addition of countercatcher, you can draw countercatcher Iono, and and you are you are set. You've probably pinned your opponent in a bad situation and have the ability and power to get not one shots. So give me give me Gardevoir. All right, I like that. My my read on the situation is this. Um, I'm my, my read would be uh, Lost Box Giratina. Okay. Um, and and here's why. Um, I think Path to the Peak in this deck just wrecks so many people. Like if I'm looking at the list right now, hurts Chi and hurts Chi and Pao, hurts Gardevoir, hurts Charizard so much that that card ruins Charizard. Like it just it it cannot use its ability to find the few energy that they do run in the deck. It sets them turns behind. Yeah, slows Golden Go down, slows Maridon down, slows. Uh, if anybody's running Mew or Lugia, Shin uh, Pao, Arceus, yeah, all all of these things. Like yeah, it it is just not fun. Even even uh, Iron Valiant, it's going to slow the Iron Valiant down. Oh, heavily. So and and. and, and and, yeah, go ahead. And, and and path is underrated against Greninja. Like there are a lot of decks that do rely Lost Box. It is uncanny how much it relies on Greninja to discard an energy and move, like draw and get the energy discard ball. Can't do it with Path either. So you path, can. path is disruptive. And I think now that we're seeing these higher HP stage one Pokemon, I, I think it has a play. And and as I've learned, it does well. It, it has outs against Stall. Two, which I don't think is going to take up again a large share, but it has that out. I just think it maneuvers better than any other deck. A lot of these other decks feel stuck into I have to do this. Lost Box Garantina says because of how this deck sets up, I can spread you, I can one shot you, I can hit you for big damage, and I'm consistent. 
And I feel like now with the Roaring Moon, with these item cards and tool cards that up health and this and the other, like when you know you need it and it's there, I think we're going to see a lot of it there. I think we'll see a lot of new stuff, but I, this is the deck that I would run going into the tournament. Yeah, I like it, man. I like it. Even against Gardevoir, like how many times do you see, you know, you're coming to the end of the game and the the Tina player can drop path Iono, knock out the Gardevoir, and it's hard, or, or whatever has all the energy on it. And if that path sticks, which unless the Gardevoir player is held a stadium or vacuum, they can't Gardevoir the energies again, and it's it's almost it's GG a, a, at the end of games when you don't have your five Curlias drawn cards yep. and your you know your Gardevoirs and you draw sixteen cards a turn. When it's down to like, I have maybe one Gardevoir, maybe a Curlia that you can get back, and and you got to draw four cards and hope to hope to God you get a stadium or a way to to um, knock it and bump it, you know. So. I love it, man. I think that's great. I, 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 you know, did you look at the, there's been two tournaments, one in Singapore and one in, uh, I saw, I Thailand. did look at those. Yes. Yeah. That one in Thailand or, or no, that's one in Singapore. A lot of Giratina in both of them. So I, yeah, I, I think, I think you're, you're spot on here, but then what would you play? What's your counter? Okay. Okay. Giratina. I know we got to go Giratina player. What are you afraid of? I. Uh... I don't, I honestly don't know. I don't know that you have a lot to be afraid of. Uh, I think other Lost Box variants can be difficult because then they're going to pick on your one prizers the way that you want to pick on other one prizers. So I, I, I'm almost tempted to say that like a speed Lost Box with the Dragonite might be a tougher matchup for you um, because they can they can one-shot you, they can move, they can dance, they can do the things that they want to do. And then a lot of it just comes down to how you start and how you do. But if I'm if I'm running that deck, I'm not in the back of my mind thinking necessarily like I'm really terrified to run into X. And I think that's been the story of Lost Box in general. You're kind of your own worst enemy in a complicated deck. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. All right. LAIC. So what's winning? I think something old. Something. Old. I, I I think I, I think a primary attacker that is not from mm-hmm. Paradox Rift wins, and I think it'll be souped up by some of the stuff in there. Yeah, but I don't think new tournaments have always proven that the meta has shaken out to where we fully understand what is best of the set. This is the experimentation has been happening, but until you see experimentation on a large scale. And see, you know, people holding on to past metas versus emerging new metas. I don't think I don't think the community as a whole knows how to properly wield that set, myself included. Gotcha. I think the the sneaky deck that's going to come out of nowhere. Give me Toad Scroll. Give Give you Toad Scroll. Toad Scroll. Toad Scroll EX. It, It 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 can be a thing. It's it's it can be a thing. So your mindset is stop, stop the roaring moon from auto knocking you out, and then uh, stop type the, advantage against the Charizard. Yeah, stop the Tina can't. Yeah, I'm gonna call it GX you. Uh, it can't one shot you. Use its V star. Can't use its V yeah. star. Now it, its other move can can still clear the damage. It only has 270. But you know maybe you run some 
of those um, item cards for stage one. The tool cards that give it a little bit more resistance or something. But okay, uh, okay. Oh man, that's my sneaky. That's my sneaky play. Come on, Toad, Toad Scroll. Let me, let me, let me. I'm looking at statistics right now. I yeah. do not see Toad Scroll. <laughs> How is Toad Scroll not better than Electrode Cloth? Than Cloth Cloth Electrode? I don't know, man. I don't know, man. My favorite thing to see, and we'll end the shows this, is if you go to LimitlessTCG.com, you're looking through some of these uh, these tournaments. They have so many mini images of these Pokemons to represent the deck, but then you get you get to some of these, and there's these unknown decks oh, yeah. that are yeah, winning, yeah, yeah. that are in these top things, yeah. and those are my favorite. Like I, I'm looking <laughs> at a deck right now that's running, that finished top five in a tournament with a good amount of people. The fighting deck running Sandy Shocks EX. Sick. The new Sandy Shocks Ancient EX. What does that do again? Uh, its ability is once during your turn. If your opponent has four or fewer prize cards remaining, you may attach a basic fighting energy from your discard pile to this Pokemon. Oh then God. it has an attack that three energy, two fighting, and a colorless does 200 damage. Oh, and... It's spicy. There it's spicy. Go. Got got some spice coming up. I like it spice. All right. Good luck to everybody at LAIC. All of our friends of the pod, Colin, Raul. Uh, I don't know if Kyle's playing. Kyle, Kyle, you know, I, I think <laughs> he's Ch- announcing. I think Chip's, Chip? I think Chip's <laughs> playing. So I think Kyle has to announce. Is if they're both not announcing, I don't know who's announcing. Um, but yeah, good luck. Good luck, and uh, we'll we'll bring the champ on. We'll we'll have a little chat about whoever wins this thing. So it'll be good. Thanks for always for listening, everybody. We hope that you're gaining knowledge that you're able to put into whatever level of the game that you're at. And at the end of the day, that you're just enjoying it for whatever reason that you enjoy the game. Love it. We'll catch y'all next time for Corey and Jared. This is Teach Me Pokemon. You can find us at roguemedianetwork.com. Teach me Pokemon podcast. Come and dive with us. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.